0: I'm going to tell everybody in school, if you want to see my dad on YouTube, to say on it, the tape never lasts. (laughs)
1: <laughs> for lord cars you know what's cars keys let's get it started up give me the car keys lake George drive Blog boys drive away with our text like car thieves Breakdown, we study tape and thrive. Analytical preparation, that's what cause is given. cause don't discriminate, teaching the men and women. Each and every week, bears nerd to get your focus. Never manipulating stats, Lord, Kars on hocus pocus.
2: Cause keys, they're never lost. Check and source, never gonna find a better scouting report. Cause going live with the smartest man, my bestie. Deciphering holes on the defense like Getzee. New show uniforms, orange with the dark sea. Take devilized
1: patrons. This is cars, you know keys. cause keys. Let's get it started up, give me the car keys. Lake Shore Drive. Blog boys drive away with our takes like car thieves. Breakdown, we study tape and thrive. We gotta break down tape like detectives. No high takes, just real football perspectives. The bears nerd the science on his terms. TTNL giving bears press like a perm. Other networks just off with the heads. Stats plus film equals football cred. Analysis like dad and ted tries to shred mccassie's letting me cake we keep the hundred crew fat keys let's get it started up give me the car keys lake shore drive Blog boys drive away with our takes like car thieves break down we study tape and thrive lord hines in his party. fill up a goblin lord hines in his car fill up a goblin
0: Hey, Cars, Keys, Season 2, Episode 35. This is going to be the quarterback show. All Justin Fields all the time. As Cars is throwing shit in his room back there, I can see. I'm just kidding. We're going to talk Bears football. Maybe a little quarterback. Who knows? Let me go see if my guy's ready to go. He's probably buying my son video games he didn't get for Christmas. That little shithead. All right, car's. Let's bring my man out.
1: <laughs>
0: there he is. What's going on? Oh, you know, just watching Twitter implode upon itself. Social media, you know.
2: Oh, the the fan cars. police,
0: uh, yeah. Oh man and the season isn't even over yet just imagine what it's going to be like in the you know middle of march when we have a month and a half to get some concrete answers
2: but yeah it's you know um i don't know it it just becomes a mess right just overall i think everybody's in their lanes there's no point in, in doing this even after they make the the change um if they make the change, you know, there it's, that debate is going to continue. And the same people now that say they root for the team will yeah. shit all over the, if, if we make a change, we'll shit all over the new quarterback. Uh If they didn't agree with, I mean, we, we've seen this story play out, right? We saw all this, times. Yeah, we work. saw this with Mitch, yeah. you know, instantly. And, you know, it is what it is. I think it's,
0: yeah, it's 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 bad because it's there's definitely a line in the sand at this point with with people And the end of the day when it all comes down to it. We're Chicago Bears fans. Maybe a maybe a win in Lambeau will, you know, buy us a little bit of time. We'll see what happens. But it's I, I don't think we've seen the end of this yet. By oh, God, no it's going to get it's going to get worse and if they do make the change it's going to be uh it's the um, bars
2: are so fucked up i mean yeah, it's it, it if you're a, f- a fan for him the bar is so low if you're against you know for what he needs to accomplish if you're against him the bar is so high that there's yeah. no way he could meet it right like there's there are these these really polar opposite situations yeah. And, you know, I, I think if you're subscribed to The Athletic, I, I really think they've done two really good kind of middle of the road articles on the situation uh, Adam John's yesterday, Fishbane today. I think they're definitely worth the read. It's, but what you see is it's very difficult to have a, a nuanced conversation, right? It's, oh, yeah. It, you just you can't it it's so emotional and again it was the same with mitch at his time you know like it just i get it you get a lot of hope you know for some folks the hope was so different and you're you're not gonna change nobody's you, mind
0: you, you're you're not going to and the thing about it is is people are so steadfast in their belief that if you point out a flaw or praise another quarterback that you're uh you you never like Justin fields that you yeah. think he sucks and I mean
2: the amount of time I, I've been called racist is incredible uh, that, that's, yeah, that's what I
0: said to, that's what I said to the Atlanta guys the other night when I was on there previewing Bears versus Atlanta and uh you know they're like oh it's it's crazy I said yeah we're the you know over a Tt l network we're the ones that are painted as racist because we're prepared to move on from justin but yet we want to replace him with Caleb williams so I'm <laughs> you please explain that one to me but it it is what it is I'm not even gonna let that stuff bother me because it's pure stupidity but um you know it's I it think is- I know the direction this is going cars and i I honestly don't think it's as layered as we make it seem to be and most fans make it seem to be I think at the end of the day I think it's a pretty easy decision to make when you're moving forward if you have the number one pick.
2: Yeah, I you know it, it again we'll we'll see that I I think you know when you look at games like Arizona yes last week right it really mm-hmm. it really makes it tough to do any sort of um real analysis on it. You know like right. the game plan was Terrible last week. Again, uh, the execution, multiple different ways, was terrible. Um, it's it's kind of this continuing thing. You saw Darnell Wright, who had an incredibly up-and-down game, which was, was very disappointing. And you saw a defense, to me, that I thought should have been more impactful uh, and should have had more turnovers. And it was... It was one of those games again last week, which I think is very perfect when you talk about the Fluce era. At no point, even up twenty-one to nothing, no. did you feel comfortable. No, that's it, what I. Was, it I, was the closest twenty-one to nothing game that you can possibly have.
0: Absolutely, and I said to people last night, cars, and we were on keeping at one hundred, uh, there was people in the chat getting really fired up. So I'm like, we You know how we do it here. Mm -hmm. We pivoted live on air and I'm like, I called out a couple of people in the, in the uh, chat room, told them to hit me up on Twitter and I would send them a link and we could debate the situation live on air. And of course, none of them showed up, but the problem is it's just, it's uh, man, the people, the, the pro fluce crowd, it's 99.9% defense. Look what he's done with the defense. Where do you build your case as a head coach that he's making progress on offense?
2: And even and even defensively, week in and week out, it's inconsistent. Yeah, you know that's a again that's a bad Arizona team. Yeah, and sure we didn't allow them to to run the ball as well as they did against San Francisco. But that's a game to me that I think you really should have controlled the line of scrimmage a hell of a lot better. I mean, you saw a couple different times. What really stood out to me was how Kyler Murray's height impacted throws that were there, but then someone was in the throwing lane. And it doesn't take much, you know, even for a normal quarterback, uh, meaning like someone that's 6'3 or taller. You get a defensive tackle kind of coming through. Your your passing lane disappears. It's a lot more difficult for for Kyler. Like, I don't think any of us remember how bad, not how bad, but how sort of average Drew Brees was until he got a extremely extremely dominant offensive line in New Orleans, yeah. which allowed him to take those deeper drops. So I, the defense is playing better, but again, it just. Well, I think what it comes scored down to 16 and it, yeah. it could have scored more.
0: No, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think what it comes down to, and it, this is going to sound like I'm pro Getze and I'm definitely not, but I think where flus and Getze are horrific and what this all really needs to be focused on is situationally that's they're terrible. Yes. They're terrible. You get There's, a one
2: point lead against Detroit, and we yeah. lose that game because you go ultra conservative. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's what we've done all the time.
0: And I look back to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy wanted to come across like he was so. He always used to talk about being aggressive. I don't need to hear you say anything about being aggressive because I feel like I don't know. Did you ever go out in college or, or whatever, and um, they would all you know. You look at the one dude over sitting in the corner, nobody was talking to. That was the motherfucker you should keep your eyes on. That was the dude that was going to cause some problems. The guy that's up in your face talking a bunch of shit and not shutting up. That's just a guy that's all talk. And that's what I look at Matt Nagy was, is when you're telling me how aggressive you are and you, you keep on saying that publicly, I know you're full of shit. That's why when it was fourth and one, you always had to call a timeout because you didn't know what to do. You didn't know how. If do I want to be aggressive, or do I want to punt and rely on my defense? Matt Eberflus is the same the same way, just I think to a lesser degree publicly than than Matt Nagy is. But I'm I'm fully on board with
2: both of these guys being gone. I think you know. There's been a lot of concern, and, and I know a lot of people have been saying that they think that the most likely situation is going to be that Flus returns, but it's going to be a Frank Reich at at offensive coordinator. Which, let's be frank, is a is still an upgrade, as much as I may not totally like agree. it. Yeah, but I I think you do need to look at the bigger picture. If if you make that as your change, you still need to tell. It's kind of like what we don't give Matt Nagy enough credit for when he took over is he went to Vic Fangio and said, Hey man, you're doing great. You run that side of the ball. That's your thing. I'm completely hands off. It needs to be that same way for flus on the other side. And you see it all the time. Like what is, um, uh, McDermott in, in Buffalo who is, A terrible head coach because he's got to control everything and what you learn throughout a lot of this is most old school defensive coordinators are massive control freaks you know like they have to have everything under it Belichick really was a control freak he's just so good and some somewhere on the spectrum where his level of analyzing thing is this so good but most of these defensive head coaches are pretty bad now D'Amico Ryans looks like he's completely hands off and, and that'll be a true test but when you look around the league Shane who would you tell me your top five head coaches are if Andy Reed offense McDaniel offense McVay offense Shanahan offense Shanahan is really hands off on that defense you know like he's and that's kind of the way that you need, if you you're, keep loose, you have to. You're you a
0: hundred percent. And I mean, that, I think that that will be attractive to some people because it's not just a DC role really. Yeah. It's like an assistant head coach. And you, you, you know, you're, it's like, you're a head coach of the Chicago bears, but just on one side of the ball, essentially. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much the power that you have. Oh. And, and if you come into it, either either pathway that they take if they decide they're building with Justin and they're going to cash in on the war chest of draft picks or they get the number 1 overall pick and they take Caleb Williams that is going to be a, an attractive thing for somebody coming in and you know Courtney Cronin brought it up and talking today and this is the stuff that makes me gets me worried is let's say if the bears decide it's eber and then the offensive staff is gone. Are they given this due to contract extension? So they say to the world, he's not going anywhere for a long time. I think so. Other coaches look at that and they're like, all right, yeah, there's, there's stability there. And it's, that's,
2: I think if it's not a if it's not a Frank Reich, right? Yeah. If there's another sort of quarterback coach somewhere that they want to do, I think you absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, but if it's a Frank Reich, I don't think you have to because Frank isn't gonna have as many options at this point. So that's the next layer to this is really who right. who would they target? And You know, I think earlier we, we kind of said that, um, I thought that if, if gets, he stays, that it's more of an indictment or more of a statement that Justin stays. Um, but I've really flipped on that. I think, I think minimally the bears have to understand that that marriage now between the two is just not working and it could be a double fall guy situation, right? Where they both are. It could be a singular fall guy. But I, I do really think that if, if they make the decision that gets to stay, I think that changes the the quarterback conversation. Um, And I, I don't, again, I don't know why you would sit there to say that he should, if, if, if folks remember all those years ago, um, one of the things that, I struggled with with the Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky is I saw a lot of the issues with Mitch and I thought that Matt might be a better play caller without him um, and that clearly wasn't the case and it's one of those things where you just you you're taking a massive leap like we could talk all about the development of the quarterback I think we can also talk about the development of the offensive coordinator in yeah. the way that he plays calls plays and again if you read the Fishbane article right like there are ways to stretch teams out wide mm. more than just bubble screens, but that is all we did. I know. That's all he did. Right? And I just don't, I think you just look like my fear is that he'll stay. I'm still probably 50 50 because of the least, the recent streak that, that they'll stay. Um, I don't think this, and we'll talk about it in a second, I don't think this is a very winnable game, and we'll talk about why in a minute, but if they go out and beat this team, what happened in Green Bay with Jair Alexander yeah. probably doesn't get talked about enough, and how that defense is straight-up trash with the amount of investments that they have made uh, on their side.
0: Their Getzy is Barry.
2: Yeah. There, you know what I mean? Well, and but I think their Ryan Pace is is goop, right? Yeah. Like a lot of overpaid bad decisions that don't work out. Jair is great; he gets injured a lot. But if if this is what's happening in your locker room, this is a sign that there are little cracks developing, and and these sorts of things. And I say all that because if you go through and win the next two games, and you're eight and nine at the end of the season it gets a lot harder to fire your head coach right it was easier five weeks ago when we were just straight up ass but it gets the more we win the more difficult it probably does come to to get to him yeah
0: and just real quick i shared these last night and i see it's already starting up in the chat talking about caleb williams size being an issue coming into the nfl this is at the heisman ceremony the guy in the in the red suit is cj stroud the guy on the right hand side is caleb williams so if you're not worried about caleb if you're not worried about cj Stroud's size i wouldn't be worried about caleb williams and you can push it back even even more just to give you a comparison that's cj stroud there in the navy and red tie and that's bryce young on the right hand side so you can see the the massive difference if you're worried about frame you're worried about size literally the last thing in the world i'm worried about with caleb williams is his is his size
2: yeah it's i i want to i want to see this um you know it'll be one of those things where i'll be super interested in the camp I think in that regard, I'm way more interested in the Jaden Daniels yep. measurements, just because of the 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 slight frame that he has, and I'm not so. Con- that's my concern with 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 Jaden. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have that concern. I think. I think I'm at you know, I know where I stand, and folks know where I stand. I'm, I'm okay either way. I understand the, the draw either way, but I'm, I'm really having a hard time with the getsy and, and flu's thing, because I think it's the defense is playing better. The arrow is up, but my God, I just, Mm. I want to, I want to see them deliver a knockout punch. That should have happened last week. It should happen this week. Yep. This, I just, that's what
0: gets me I have the, the Cleveland game on right here and they're, you know, getting ready to, Oh, I guess they did he did score I pick six but i just you had him on the ropes <laughs> this i mean think about the impact that these last 3 weeks of the season would have been on the fan base going into this monumental off season and i don't care what anybody says cars that comes down to coaching first and foremost like you said situationally you cannot coach scared. You cannot coach timid. And if you do, you lose. And this, and Fluce has done it in historic fashion. Oh, it's
2: a, what? We had three games this year that we lost where our chance to win was 98 plus percent mm-hmm. later in the game. It's a different year. If we win that Denver game and the Detroit game, And the Cleveland game, which we should have won all three of those. If you are now sitting here and you are nine and six instead of six and nine, you are complete competing for a playoff. There's no one to blame on this team more than the head coach of this, uh, of it. Right? Like there, there is, there is nothing, nothing there that really, that really, Defines him. Those three losses are better than any win. If he's got one signature win against Detroit, he's got five, six signature losses. I just don't know. And, you know, for all the talk about, you know, when, when, when uh, Moore got injured and then Komet went down, I think, I, I don't, I've kind of said this earlier this is a more talented offense than we have shown all season but right now it's more of a collection of parts than it is a cohesive unit the run game doesn't marry to the pass game the footwork on the pass game doesn't marry out with the routes that they're trying to run yeah and it's just it's sloppy on that side of the ball and I think you know the offensive line is, better than it was last year significantly again if folks haven't noticed what i've said that the bears on average have the fourth highest time to pressure in the nfl meaning that only three other teams see pressure or it might be six now uh something like that but it's like three to five teams are better at protecting their quarterback longer than the chicago bears that's not a line issue right it's, it, there are schematically things that happen. There are so many deep routes. There aren't enough layers to those things. There aren't enough crossing routes. You can sit down and say who's to blame. And, and at this point, again, it's it's not an argument. But there, last year, Shane, we made a change. Yep. And it launched the offense for a while. This year, there is no change whatsoever. And it's it's inexcusable.
0: Yeah, and they went back to start off the season. They went back to exactly what wasn't working from jump last year, and it It wasn't working. But now
2: they had DJ Moore, so it should. And it
0: just doesn't. None of none of it makes sense.
2: None of it makes sense from Danta. The use of Danta Foreman and the non-use of Danta Foreman early in the season. You know Some of the, the ways that we didn't leverage and, and use um, the tight ends, and I understand that he had a big drop uh, against Cleveland, but I, I really feel like Tanya and, and, and Lewis have, have not been used enough. We talked early about how Blasen game was not used early enough. Like All of these things are, are major issues for, for a team that needed consistency. And the simple fact that the run game has gotten worse with than it was last year. And you expect some follow up, right? Like some decline, but it's significantly worse than yeah. it was last year. And yes, Justin's legs helped it, but the run game was so physical and strong. And this year, we've kind of taken a, a, a passive aggressive step back. It's all of these things to me, again, keep going back to the coaching staff is the problem, but I don't know. We will see, I guess, and, and that that concerns me. Yeah. All right, man. Let's let's get into it. All right. So let's let's start off with the first thing, and I've I've promptly named this one Arthur Smith sucks. Um, <laughs> so Arthur Smith is a Matt Nagy head coach. You can also argue he's a Jeff Fisher type, right? So they've gone seven and ten, seven and ten, and they are seven and eight at this point in time uh they've been brutal on offense but it's a team that is step by step gotten more loaded on offense so if you look at it you've got kyle pitts drake mm-hmm. london john robinson and yet they they don't score the they're 24th in scoring they have a decent enough offensive line um in large chunks of the season there's been way more tyson algier than there has been Bijan. The fact that Algier has thirteen less carries than him, while still averaging a yard less per carry, is an insane statistic that I I still can't wrap my head around. You know, the the choice to stick with Desmond Ritter—that's on the coach. Yep. They had moves there. The coach said, "This." I was bummed
0: they they benched him before the Chicago game because I wanted to face him more than I want to face Heineke. I mean, it's for damn sure.
2: 10 and 10, right? Yeah, 10 touchdowns, right. 10 interceptions. They have 14 passing touchdowns on the season. That's that's incredible. If you told me, kind of coming into this, that um, look at the big three. Now, Bajan probably will get to 1,000 yards. He's at 873 right now, but there's a chance that he won't. But there, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, One of those two should be a 1,000-yard receiver, and they may not happen. And if it weren't for one massive blow-up game against Tampa, Bajon wouldn't be, or uh, uh, Drake London wouldn't be anywhere close. So you have all this talent, you have a solid offensive line, and you are 24th in scoring, you're turning the ball over at a massive margin. But the other comp here to Matt Nagy is, The defense is really pretty solid. And when you look at what they did this offseason, Jesse Bates, Bud Dupree, Okuda, who is not turning the ball over, but is playing significantly better than he was at at Detroit. And then Kalis Campbell, I don't know what fountain of youth he found, but for a 37-year-old guy playing the amount of snaps that he is. Uh, and I forgot to add uh, Anya Meta, who was a, a deal that we both sort of snickered at at the time yeah. because it was big money. But those guys on defense, they're a problem. And so very similar to this, you hire an offensive head coach, you make a lot of big moves on the offensive side of the ball, and it's just not getting better. This is, Matt Nagy would have killed for the talent that this was. And the offense is getting less production out of it. That's a big indictment to me on, on Arthur Smith. And so I'm super hopeful. I'm um, super hopeful that that continues, but I, I don't know that it's likely.
0: Yeah, man. No, I I totally get it. But yeah, Calais Campbell, we were Ugh. talking about him the other day, and it, it sure is amazing because he's 37 years old. I was actually surprised when he decided to go there. You know, under the circumstances and um but the way that he's playing at that age, you know, and like I said, cars, you and I got into this a little bit pre-show. Um, the one factor that isn't being talked about yet is gonna be weather. And all it's gonna play a big part of it. Like I said, I was on with the Atlanta guys, they didn't think that it was a factor at all. They maintained that they were built. For the weather, well, you're a dome team, you know, in a southern state. So when it's 35 degrees and chance of snow, yeah, it it can absolutely be a factor. You know, it can change game plans. It can ch- change want to. We we we've seen that with this Atlanta team. Yeah, you remember back into was it 2005? Michael Vick's just essentially was like, nah, fuck this.
2: Oh, you know? we saw it against New Orleans on the year yeah. that we went to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. it is. If it gets cold, if it gets nasty, right, it, it changes a lot. And, you know, you've got a Florida boy at tight end. You've got yeah. a USC guy at wide receiver. You got a Texas kid at, at running back. It is a, a, it is a big deal, whether you think it or not. And it's further complicated by the fact that, yeah, you play new Orleans dome to dome, you yeah. play Carolina in nice weather. You play in, in Florida in nice weather. It's, It it is a difference. It was so rare the year that Tampa went to the Super Bowl for them to go to Green Bay for a playoff game and win because historically warm-weather teams in cold-weather situations don't do well. Jared Goff in the playoffs is a dome team, but last year in the game that they must win, he was outside in the cold throwing ducks all over the place. It does change quite a bit. And it makes it really tricky for those folks to to get used to it.
0: Yep. Just real quick, Carlos. I don't know what you're. Just put it in the comments what you're talking. I'm not quite sure what you're referring to here. But yeah. let me know.
2: Go um, ahead. So continuing on, and I think one of the things uh, that probably we should get familiar with is this is Ryan Nielsen. Uh, he took over for Dean Pease this year. Um, if you look at this guy, he's definitely probably on the head coach path at this point in time. So he had four years there in, 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 uh, New Orleans and, uh, as a defensive line coach a year as an assistant head coach and defensive line coach. And then last year he spent as co-defensive coordinator and line coach, uh, Jerry Gray, who is a longtime assistant, uh, in the NFL. He and Brian deserve credit for identifying Okuda and understanding things that they can do. Again, he's not really um, forcing turnovers, but right. his play is, I mean, if you remember it two years ago, like he was giving up something like 25 plus yards per reception as a corner. It's significantly better than what it was. Um, the Falcons, so they are really big up front. So. Sure. Campbell's big, on big. They stay there. They are eighth best against uh, the run as it relates to yards per carry. They've only given up six rushing touchdowns, and I believe yep. the first one wasn't until like either the end of October or beginning of November. So, as a defense, they're really good. The other big concern here is they're the third best um, third down defense in the NFL. So, where do we struggle? They're down. Where are they? Really good. They're down. Um, they're relentless. Like yep. you talk about um, hits, whatever he may call it, they fly around to the ball. They they have a lot of guys who you will not un- recognize their names, but if you go watch the film, they are in the right spots. They are coached very well. A lot of their free agents got signing- my
0: guy Harrison in the draft. Yeah, out of Ohio State. I
2: was. I was praying Chicago drafted him. Go ahead. So, I mean, they've, they, but they, they're, they're well coached. They're in the right positions. Um, The last four weeks, they haven't given up to any opponent 300 yards of offense. Four out of three out of the last four games, they've held the opponent to 10 points or less, uh, with the one loss to Tampa Bay being the, the difference. So, you know, they've been aggressive. They have played well, but, Nielsen is an up and come He's a 44 year old defensive coordinator. The way that he quickly moved up the ranks in new Orleans, I think was pretty telling a lot of their, you know, Anya meta, where did they get him from new Orleans? One of their inside linebackers. When did they get him from new Orleans? So he was, he seems to be pretty good at identifying certain people for the scheme and then making it work. So when you look at it overall, Where are the Bears' weakest on offense? Where are the Falcons' best on defense? Where are the Falcons' deep worse on offense? Where are the Bears' deep defense? So it is going to be one of those old-school, or should be one of those old-school, just ugly football games. Right. Um, Again, I would have more confidence in Nielsen staying aggressive and playing aggressive than I will for Floos doing that the entire game.
0: And I mean, it's... This is the game where you need Justin and his legs to help open things up a hundred percent. Yeah, this
2: is a game where you really need your best coaching that you've done in two years as a bear coach for the in on both sides. You yep. I'm not saying you need to have a perfect plan, but my concern here is going to be that this is going to look like the Minnesota and Tampa Bay games where they try to stretch everybody out wide. And if you start seeing crazy amounts of screens, it's a loss, right? Like it's it's a loss. And 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 Vince, yes, uh Nielsen is a Dennis Allen type. Uh, he was under Dennis Allen. So yes, he is definitely a very aggressive guy. He will not sit down and let you. But when you talk about third downs, you know, you've got Campbell on that line. You've got Bud Dupree. I can't remember the the Uh, third down pass rusher it's a guy whose name i can't remember right now but who leads the team in sacks at six like they're very aggressive on third downs It third and long is a nightmare situation for us all season it is 10 times worse against the the falcons this year right um so when it looks like on offense this is the worst type of matchup for us um we, I've talked ad nauseum, and this will be the sole part that we talk about with uh, about Justin here, but just uh, what Jesse Bates has done since his career and since he's really manned the middle of the field as a center fielder. So if you get to third and long situations, you have to really be aware of where Jesse Bates is at all points. Now, the problem with that, and we've seen that in Minnesota games, is because Harrison Smith was sort of that way, but he, he wasn't as good as Jesse. You have to really be aware for that um, as it relates. you know. So the secondary is pretty good in coverage. You're talking A.J., Terrell, Okuda, mm-hmm. but they are not very good in turnovers. They are 28th in interceptions, and six of their eight are from Jesse Bates himself. So this is a team that will give you some good coverage. You still can complete plays. You still can can do those things and not have turnovers. But if you lose this turnover battle, uh, this is this is going to be game over. Uh, that run defense is something. So Grady Jarrett, who's a name I didn't even mention yet who now gets to play less snaps and get more of a rest in between.
0: Makes them more effective.
2: It's really effective. Now yep. that's an old line because I think Anya Met is over 30. Jared is 30. Campbell is 37. So, but what they're really good as, is, is at absorbing blockers and Ellis and Landman, who are their interior linebackers have been phenomenal at cleaning up any of their messes. Um, This is a very competent D.C. against an incompetent O.C., right? Like, again, I said it a couple minutes ago, you really worry uh, about that matchup. If this goes to screens, we are dead in the water because what Atlanta is going to do, and this is no matter how good uh, of a game plan that Flus has, if the offense cannot sustain drives, we will lose. Why did Atlanta, and so why am I giving so much credit Um, Let me pull back. This should be Cole Cole Komet. This has to be third in shorts. You've seen the numbers. But why did they lose to uh, Carolina? Exactly that. Atlanta's offense could not stay on the field. Carolina has a very solid defense. They're one of the better defenses, but they're not helped at all because their offense can't stay on the field. Terrible. If we cannot sustain drives, if we cannot score points, at all, if this is a, you know, if this is, um, God, whoever we beat, uh, without scoring a touchdown, right? Like if this is, uh, if this is how that game is going to be, we are going to lose this game because there are too many weapons on the other side of the ball. Um, yeah, it's I, Minnesota,
0: Minnesota, right? Minnesota.
2: Thank you. It just, it's a, such a bad matchup. They force fumbles and, and but they don't force turnovers. They don't really get to the quarterback a lot but they can get to the quarterback so it's these it's these types of plays where if we cannot establish the run and we would really struggle to establish the run here i really worry about it if we see the reverse detroit first game right where we had they have the ball 40 minutes and right. we only have it 20 th- this can get out of hand really quickly i i think it's I think it's a big concern just moving forward. And I think whatever, you know, it's going to shine a massive light on both the quarterback and the offensive coordinator for what happens. Um, so it might be one of those games you might be better off watching the Jacksonville Panthers game <laughs> instead of watching uh, the Bears game. Go Jacksonville. Please, God, uh, go Jacksonville. Um, and then really on the other side, You know, the Falcons are not a good offense with all those weapons. They turn the ball over quite a lot. They have the third highest turnover worthy throw rate in the NFL. It is not significantly better with Heineke. Heineke will make a big play. He'll make another big play. And then he will hit you with two back-to-back back-breaking interceptions that will just hurt you. It's always been who he is. Um, they haven't been sacked a ton, but they have the ninth lowest time to pressure. So again, the Bears, I think, are about 2.7 seconds, 2.8 seconds to pressure. They are 2.42. They have, <clears throat> so to compensate for that, the Falcons have not pushed the ball vertically well at all. 13th lowest deep, um, throw percentage. They've really focused on getting the ball out. You're going to see a lot of plays to Bajan in the screen game and others to try to make yards after the catch happen. But the accuracy of the quarterbacks has not led it to a lot of yards after the catch. So, again, I think you you can get a, a sense here of this is a team that should be better, but really shitty quarterback play is holding them back. <clears throat> and last but not least, Atlanta is the first with Baltimore for rushing attempts on first down. So 256 is first. They are last in passing attempts. You also can see that I cannot spell attempts uh, today. (laughs) So I apologize for that. So it's going to be very similar to Arizona last week, where you have to control the first down run um, to get them into trickier downs. They will stay with the run. This will be... Very similar um, in the way that Getzey called our offenses last year. First down run, second down run, third down pass. That is pretty much the uh, Atlanta staple here. And I think those are the things that you look. I don't really see us winning this one, Shane, and I don't know what you guys talked about because I just look at this defensive matchup and I kind of go... Yeah, we see two turnovers on their side of the yeah. on our side well, of the field. I think if it's they easy.
0: win, and this is what I had said last night, because I I picked Chicago to win very, very close. And it, it it's gotta come down to Justin making plays with his legs to contribute to what you were talking about, to so they can eat up some of that clock and and you know maintain the offense on the field that way. It's it's gotta happen. But the problem is two cars, and I know. Guys, the Bears overall are seemingly healthy, but the Cole Comet thing, if he can't play, that's a that's a big, big, big blow to this I hate, offense. And uh,
2: I'm glad Phil doesn't watch this show. Um yeah, because I,
0: actually, we have some major breaking news on that. <laughs> I should have screenshot it and put it up here. Phil went above and beyond saying Cole Komet, Looks like an absolute fucking baller this week. Now
2: I, I told him I was. I'm like I'm fucking screenshotting that shit. I mean, and then he's he got hurt. <laughs> sort of been the offensive MVP this year, uh, which is a hard thing to to really wrap your head around. Yeah, but, but his. Just, in-
0: yeah, it sucks that he's dinged up, and then DJ. You, it just it it makes you love DJ more even more because you can, man. It was it was tough to watch him last week. You could just see it. And then he tweaked it again. And I'm like, oh man. And his, the attitude about it was, he's like, ah, it's Christmas. Why not go out there? And I'm like, that's, that's what you want. That's your, your, that's your financial leader on offense by a wide, wide, wide margin. And he's like, yeah, why not go out there?
2: And I think, you know, what what Cole did last week was really what we've kind of been waiting for him to do or waiting for that to see, right? Like, what was it? Like four catches for over a hundred yards, like just massive explosive plays the 53 yarder. What an adjustment on a a poorly thrown ball that realistically wasn't in a place that was best for Cole to go get the ball either. And you know, if you told me coming in that this guy would have 70 catches and six touchdowns for the year, and, and what he does in the run game, and how many snaps he's a part of, and what they ask him to do sometimes, which is insane. um, He's a big loss because we I said it last week, right? It needed to be a Cole-Komet game. Yep. It was a Cole-Komet game, and we, we see that happening. God, I'm concerned. Like, if he's not out there. This it's got to be a Tyler Scott game, and that's a scary, scary thing to say. Um, but of everybody, he's got a he's got to make that. Le- like we need to start to see him flash a little bit. I think he'll still be a number three no matter what we do. Um, it's got to be him. It's it's got to be that type of game today because if you're if you're Atlanta. You're putting AJ Terrell on DJ Moore and you're shadowing him with Jesse Bates all game long, especially if Cole Komet is out. Yep. So someone else has to step up. Um and I, I'm really hoping that it's it's Tyler Scott. It would be nice if it was Darnell Mooney, but I think it's it's more effective at this point or, or better for us for it to be a, a Tyler Scott game. And that's that's a scary thing to put in because i shane i know you're probably with me on this as well this is not a game that i want khalil herbert
0: no absolutely being
2: not. the workload back no. um it's it's that's not a good this is a form this should be a Foreman game this yeah. should be a heavy dose of Foreman game yeah um totally agree yeah i think just, yeah go ahead I think Roshan Johnson looked a lot better ran with more speed and less clod last week.
0: Well, I, you could see the confidence in his face. And, and again, guys, I'm not, you know, Roshan was dinged up there a little bit. He dealt with a concussion and everybody comes back from those. Yep. Differently. And maybe last week was the game where he started to feel like himself because he, cars you and i talked about it live it's like oof that one run that he broke off it's like he looked he oh man he he was a plotting back that looked like he was a a four nine guy
2: i mean it was like the old j it looked like a james allen type run does that really age me it probably does um but that's not not james
0: allen versus baltimore when he popped off for 164 yards. but It was like,
2: or the old Lewis Tillman days, right? Yeah. Like we'd yeah. give them 25 carries at three and a half yards a carry. And, and we would go, it was, it was nice to see. And I think, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a ton of faith in this matchup. I really just, you're, you're going to count on, on someone stepping yeah. up that hasn't yet. And God, I, just, we've we've not seen it. We've yeah. not seen it, the entirety of the, the flus thing. Every yeah. guy that we've kind of waited to make that step just, just hasn't.
0: It. It right. Me. No, I, and, and I get it. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my fandom coming out. I just, I have a feeling the defense is, we're going to see one of those games from the defense where we're like, wow, these guys are, you know, they got it cranked up. And I think they're to the point where, I don't want to say it's it's like it was back when when Lovey was here. You know, Lance Briggs said we never got mad when they turned the ball over. We never got mad when they didn't score. We just said to ourselves, this is another opportunity for us to go out and make a play. Yeah. And I think we're I think we're just about there with this team and you you can you can see these guys are getting more and more confident by the week. And like I said, I I think weather is going to play a factor, and you know if the crowd gets out there, you you force a couple of turnovers early. That sends a message, especially with the, if the weather is, you know, inclement, and it, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I think I ended up picking twenty six twenty Chicago.
2: I mean. I, I think one of the nicest parts about the last several weeks has been really the ascension of uh Dexter as a as a yeah. pass rusher.
0: Yeah, he's gonna have to be well, and he's gonna be even beyond that, he's you talk about those first down runs, he's gonna have to be a big part of of limiting you, you can't let these guys get into second and four, second and three, second and two, or you're gonna be no. in trouble.
2: No, and and when you look at it, right, like this is a team that's got of their five offensive linemen, four of them are questionable. I mean, they'll, they'll very clearly play, but Bergeron is the only one that is healthy. McGarry, Lindstrom, Dalman, and Matthews are all sort of dinged up right now. So it doesn't bode well uh, for them. And even Heineke has an ankle issue, right. right? So there are a lot of different injuries to this team that, yeah, like what you see out of Zach Pickens in the limited time has been getting better. What you've seen out of Terrell Smith and Tyreek Stevenson has been getting better all season long. You know, a lot of people have been taking shots at, at, at Edmonds, but you Please. know, Edmonds is asked to do something completely different than what, Exactly. Roquan has been. He's there to take away passing lanes. There's a reason that Edmonds has, what, four interceptions this season and Roquan had eight for his career, you know, as a bear. Like these things, what they're asking him to do is so different. But what you've seen is these guys really start to ascend and get into their roles and get into their positions. And the the young guys... As Dexter plays more snaps. You get really more comfortable with where he's going. That pairing of him and billings is yes. a tremendous amount of fun to watch. Like Bergeron is going to be in trouble. If one of those guys is over him, yes. Justin Jones continues to make plays like it's
0: Edmonds. Edmonds has four interceptions in his last seven games.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, Again, what we're asking him to do is take away tight ends in the middle of the field. If you look at the game he missed, yep. where did we get exposed? Oh, the yeah. middle of the field. So there's a reason that his big numbers aren't as big, but what did we get him for? Both his leadership and his turnovers. And and four interceptions out of an interior linebacker is excess, is incredible, right? And you take that any day
0: right and well just to to show you to so just based on interceptions just to show you what we're talking about since 2021 roquan smith has four picks yeah edmonds has done that the last seven games
2: it's insane it's it it, it's incredible and uh i'm gonna hold on i want to there's one comment i saw that i want to try to find here because i want to share out for this uh Great, and this isn't me picking on you, but let's be real about Tomlin. As great of a head coach as he may be, he has failed on the offensive side of the ball for his entirety, right? Like as the the old guys have aged off, it, he finally got rid of Matt Canada when he should have last offseason. He should have the offseason before beforehand should have never hired him in the first place yeah exactly thank you it should never have done anything like so if if we want to go hire another defensive coach who ignores the offensive side of the ball mike tomlin is that guy i i just hope to god that that's not the person he's um
0: yeah i don't think he's i don't it's just not a Pittsburgh move. I think they're. I think he'll be right in Pittsburgh, and they're gonna, they're gonna maintain with him. That's that's what I think.
2: But, you know, they they as an organization get way too much credit sometimes because they they have made some great moves. But since the the first Tomlin Super Bowl, which again was the old roster construction, it hasn't been the same. Oh, well, that's why they're going to be
0: involved in the Justin Fields. Sweepstakes, a hundred percent,
2: absolutely. They're they're going to be on the fringe because y- you've seen that Pickett isn't the guy. You've seen that Mitch is not the guy. If Mason Rudolph all of a sudden makes everything look so much better, that's a that's a massive issue. You know the the Najee Harris yeah. draft was a massive mis- mistake. um You know they just. For as for the Pickens stuff, I think has been fascinating to watch because he's been exactly the red flag as well as the talented guy that you thought he was going to be, but the consistency lacks to be there. They're really living on on old stuff. It's it, Belichick is as well, right? Like you're you were great for a time. You are not that good anymore. It's time to right. time to move on. And it it's it's interesting. I think it's really. Again, this offseason is going to be incredible when you think about the amount of head coaches that are most likely going to be replaced. Um, the whole thing with the quarterback uh, you know, situations, I think, I don't know how you feel about it, Shane, but no quarterback has been playing great. Like Mahomes is a step back. Herbert is a step back. Tua is super inconsistent. Josh Allen has some of his heroic plays, but is still, I would say, is taking a step back from the year Oh, prior. yeah, and that's the
0: thing with Allen is, like you said, he's making the amazing plays, and my my one brother-in-law and my nephew are both huge Bills fans, and as explosive as they can be, you can sit there and watch a game with them where they're on the edge of their seat because they're they're waiting for that one not holy shit amazing play, it's the what? What the fuck are? Why did you throw that there? Yeah. Why then? And it does. It's not. You know, it's not on a, a third and sixteen where you're you're just trying to extend the game. It could be on a first and ten, and it's changing the the entire momentum of the game.
2: So that's the he breaks down at the worst time mechanically. Yeah. You know. Do you remember that? the game we played against them, yeah. his rookie season. Oh, and yeah. we it, like, you still, you still see those moments. It's the, it, again, it's the hardest part of the uh quarterback position. Jalen hurts has taken a fairly substantial step back this yeah. year. I think in a, I'm not defending. Oh, Jaylen his injury much, hurts. But
0: I, I think he's a lot more injured than I think that they're letting out public. And I'm, Everybody knows I'm no Philadelphia Eagles fan, but I've heard a couple of things too that he's they're essentially putting bubble gum and and you know, it's like varsity gun.
2: blues, right? Where they're yeah, injecting something crazy in them to get keep them
0: to play. that knee,
2: yeah, going well, for them. But that's again, that's your problem with running quarterbacks. 100%. Running quarterbacks have two things that happen one, they take bigger hits than everybody, yep. And two, they don't get the penalties. They don't get the late hit calls that pocket guys do. You know, Cam Newton never got a call. He won an MVP, never got did a call. Well, yeah. And <clears throat> what did he need to develop was in in the way that he passed the ball, the way he made reads, and those things didn't develop. You know, Hertz's running is so good, but it's taken a toll on him this year there's a reason you aren't seeing the tush pushes right they're they're trying to get away from that because it's going to hurt his career um i really i really think that you know you just look at it overall you you just see why you need to to have that guy who be really good in in the pocket and even those guys who are struggling defenses have a massive advantage this year but god I if you gave me an MVP talk Lamar Jackson is probably the only quarterback well Lamar and Dak Lamar and Dak to me are having probably the most MVP like seasons as, as quarterbacks but I still would look at McCaffrey above most you know it's just right it's a weird NFL year there's a reason the scoring is down so much uh overall
0: you have anything uh
2: anything else in there is that no that's it i think it's i'm really like i said it's this feels like a loss to be i hope to be wrong but i think it is interesting again if we win out it really you know we go from uh you know it really changes the dynamic of who's going to be available so if we keep winning it does come with a uh ball asterisk there goes your offensive tackle most likely like i said you know like alt and olu will be gone if you're picking past 10 and if you win these next two games you're picking probably about 15 16 those guys are
0: out yeah you're into that 13 to to 15 range for sure and and that's the thing and and i understand and i i the the thought of the bears having you know uh two top five picks or two top seven or two top 10 even is great. But I I have absolutely zero issue with a young football team at this point going out there and trying to get the two more
2: W's. I As long as it's the young kids yep. that are the reason. And, and you can count in DJ Moore for that as well, right? Like as long as it's those guys and this team is so young, it absolutely will be those guys that you take this. You don't want this to be, you know, a veteran laden win of, of guys who are in their thirties that aren't going to be here next year. That will you to do that. Um, absolutely. Yeah.
0: But so that's um, it? yes, Paul Lucas, I've I'm coming down the, the end of this sickness. Filling myself both, so that's probably why we're not going to make the ninety-minute mark tonight. So I can—I've <laughs> been live on air the last three nights in a row, along with dealing with this. So we're probably going to bounce out of here so I can get out of here and maintain my voice a little bit more because I do have two kids. I need to yell at if they get out of—they get out of hand, right? Cars, you know how that goes. No, no, Maisie would never, Oof, right?
2: Oof. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it was uh Tuesday, so really technically the first day of school yeah. break, and I was already reading the Riot Act to both children um because they it gotten out so out of control. And as an only child, I had no idea how frequently siblings fought over oh, the yeah. most random random stuff. Oh yeah. Um Mine are 10 years apart, man, and it's
0: I took a nice Christmas picture of the two of them. I think I shared that one with you of
2: them in front of the tree. And it was probably the only nice moment they had. (laughs) Oh, literally
0: 30 seconds later, it was nuclear war was declared. And yeah, I mean, a 12 year old and a two year old wrestling on the floor. Yeah, there's there's nothing better. So Uh,
2: no, absolutely. Well, everyone, you know, I hope everyone had a good holiday, was able to spend time with those that they care about uh and and really gets to reset you know i think i speak for a lot of ttnl uh personally 2023 has been an absolute shit year um yes sure from top to bottom and get here 2024 That's yeah it. i i'm super hopeful uh that that 2024 is is a better year for us in ttnl and, and for all of you i really appreciate again I, So um, Creighton said some wonderful things on Twitter, but he's like, did you ever think that you'd be a Bears content creator? And I said, no, I I never thought I would. And the fact that people kind of tune in and listen and and participate in the chat, say it kind of every week. I really appreciate all of you and the feedback and the the conversation. Uh, So thank you all very much. Thank you. Uh, hope you all have a really good uh, New Year's Eve. Keep safe. Don't add to the population. Don't take away from the population. Um, but here's to really a better twenty twenty four from not just a football perspective, but from a life perspective.
0: Yeah, here, here. Couldn't have, couldn't have said it any better. And I just want to echo the the same sentiments. We appreciate you guys as we wrap up twenty twenty three here. Um, cars and I have known each other for a, a long, long time. And when they say you got to put in your, your 10,000 hours to be, you know, an expert or to be really, really good at something. I think we passed that threshold back maybe in 1998 or so cars. I mean,
2: it's. The amount of late night times that we would be on a <laughs> message board arguing. And if you listen, do yeah. you think that Caleb Williams, oh. Justin Fields arguments are bad? We've basically been having some form of this since the 90s. Whether right. it's whoever, yeah, it, If you don't know traffic, what the,
0: if you don't know what the Travelizer 3000 is, I don't want to fucking hear from you, right?
2: I mean, I mean. <laughs> we literally had to argue with a guy who told us that anybody over six foot six was too too tall to play the game of football. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you, those... you really have some some crazy ones for sure.
0: Those were the days, but that's I mean we we got to give credit to that, that message board though. I mean, it's, it brought essentially everybody from, you know, me, you and Phil, that's where we all, that's where we all met. And uh all these years later, now we're doing it, you know, live so everybody can see us every week. And, and even still to this point, I've been doing this longer than you have cars on the, yeah. you know, the, the, Pod versions and show versions of it, but it does. You can sit back and and uh there's no stranger feeling when you're walking someplace or whatever, and somebody grabs a hold of you or says, you know, TTNL baby, and you have no idea who they are, but they know, you know, they know who you are. So we appreciate you guys so much, and we hope you guys have a have an awesome end to 2023 and even a more fruitful beginning to 2024 and beyond but uh we're not going anywhere we got lots and lots to talk about with the chicago bears team and black monday is going to be very very interesting because that's going to be that's going to be the first stone that is laid down for this new pathway cars next year and we'll we'll see what happens
2: even like i said even more so than just the bears you know when you look at like what's yep. happened with Russell Wilson this year and Denver's sort of reset, their cap situation is going to make that tricky. How are they going to blow that thing up and start over and stockpile picks? Um, what's going to happen in Cincinnati? You know, there's a lot there with Tigas and the offensive line investments. What's going to happen in Kansas City? Yep. It's not the same what you know jim harbaugh is going to be a fascinating story of whatever happens with him like it's going to be nuts outside of the bears and that's what makes it the most fun for me when it's not just my team that's insane that it's the whole league and so i'm i'm really looking forward to it
0: i am right there with you my man but with that being said i think we're gonna get out of here um everybody enjoy the the game the Cleveland Browns are currently up thirty-four to fourteen as the, the Joe Flacco train continues to to roll.
2: I mean, how impressive, by the way, is that, right? For where Joe Flacco was yeah. and and
0: he's turning he's consistently he's, turning the ball over, but he's making some dime throws along the way. That's for that's for damn sure. 38 Thirty eight years old. He's yeah. seven
2: years younger than me. And yeah. At the end of his career, like before this, yep. he looked so uncomfortable in the pocket. He didn't, he looked like a shell of himself. It just didn't feel the same. And for whatever reason, the dude has got massive confidence right now. And it's impressive.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And it's, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see where it grows. Crazier. If, I'm not going to pick Cleveland going to the Super Bowl, but if Nick Foles can go on a heater so can joe flacco
2: i mean they do have an incredible defense yeah but it is injury riddled but i think outside I, it, it does feel like it should be san francisco and baltimore which means it absolutely will not be <laughs> so, <laughs> so um I'm, I, that'll be the other storyline that i can't wait to watch
0: absolutely so all right we love you guys we will uh we'll talk to you later have an announcement about exactly what we're going to be doing this weekend, TTNL wise in terms of BHL and halftime show. Um, Like I said, it's, we may just do a very condensed version of it because I know we have some family commitments again, as we always do over the holidays, but we will keep everybody updated. And uh, I think that's it, man. We're out of here, right?
2: That's it. All
0: right. Love you guys. We will talk to you later and bear down.